Hello, welcome to Dungeon Delvin. I'm Brandon Wagner. I'm Adam McKeever. And today we're going to delve into Warlock Patrons. Now, before we do that, I do want to apologize that the audio's a little weird. Uh, the reason why there's been such a big gap is I just moved. Woo! Uh, so I'm not fully set back up right now. So I currently have my microphone just sitting on the desk <laughs> and Brandon gets the arm because he's a little bit further away from the computer. I am. I'm way off in no man's land. <clears throat> I'm in a dummy plane. Yeah. I got put there by my patron for being naughty. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So we touched on Warlock a few weeks ago. Yep. God, it was probably more than a few weeks ago when we recorded it, because we recorded ahead. Yeah, it, it's, but, it's been well over a month. Yeah. But um, one of the things we talked about a little bit in that episode was involving your patron in the game. And especially if you're doing... It's something that can add a little bit of spice to... Like, if you're running a, pre, a pre-made, like, an official yeah, it, that, adventure that... or a homebrew that's a longer term. Or it can be something that is the focus of a shorter adventure if you're doing more of an episodic type thing. The, the, actually, do we have any warlocks? Oh, oh, yeah, we have two warlocks in Candlekeep. We're both warlocks. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. I am a Asimar, uh Celestial Pact warlock, and you're a genie, right? You're yep, a genie, genie warlock uh, who's... Uh, Genie is actually kind of in the bottle that he carries around, and his soul has been like bound to this warforged body. <laughs> so he's essentially a walking golem that's just a slave to the genie. Right. Yeah. So we're both doing Tasha's then, because I'm doing the the amulet uh, pack boon from Tasha's. I have not picked my pack boon yet. I think we're level three. We are. <clears throat> I just haven't picked it yet. Oh. Well, don't do amulet. Cause I did amulet. Unless you want to, I don't really care. Um. <laughs> But something we just kind of want to do today is just kind of brainstorm, like, ideas for what, what a patron could want that would involve more than just the war, the warlock um, themselves. Oh, yeah. And also kind of balancing with your player about how involved you want it to be. Because part of picking a warlock is you want to have that NPC to interact with in the form of your patron. And obviously they're a powerful enough entity that they can give you warlock powers oh yes, yes. so they're so, not just like some random schmutz from nowheresville they're a powerful interdimensional okay being but like for the fathomless i love the fathomless. what if they actually were just some schmutz from like nowhereville <laughs> like just some guy walked up to you like hey uh i kind of need a nickel do you got one he goes yeah sure here you go and he's like thanks I'll pay you, you back. Wa- and then you wake up with freaking magical <laughs> powers. With gills. Like, <laughs> you wake up with gills. Like, what the? Ah! <laughs> and you just you just see like a little note. You're welcome. The other thing too, one of the things, like I I'm, I always imagine a player who's like, I want to play a warlock because I want warlock abilities, but I don't really want to be bound to a patron that's going to control me all the time. Which I had an idea for a patron for that. It's an old god patron. Okay. And this old god patron lives in outer space like physically the body of this old god is in outer space got it and what he wants to do is eat the world that that's his his end game is to eat the planet but he can't move on his own so when people do the ritual to become his patron it creates a magical tether that pulls him towards the planet so the more oh. warlocks of this old god there are at any given time the faster he's being pulled towards the planet and as a dm you can be like yeah, so like one patron or one warlock pulls him 
a few inches a day towards the planet. And we're talking, you know, light years of space. So it's right. really not that big a deal. Or, or you could be like, yeah, for centuries, it hasn't been that big a deal. But you're one of many warlocks right now, and he's getting closer. And you can bring that in. You could have an NPC that comes up. It's like, hey, I figured out where you got your powers. All like for it could be for centuries. People are like, oh, if you do this ritual, you get magic powers. Why? I don't know. It's just the way it works. Uh, okay, yeah, that that sounds like a lot of fun. Then somebody figures it out. It's like we gotta. Everybody that's a warlock of this person needs to like get rid of their powers and sever that connection, or this guy's gonna eat the planet literally. I mean, some of them could be like. Oh, thank God. I was getting bored of this. Bring him faster. <laughs> Let's make more, more warlocks. And there could be people that do know what know the secret of the of the ritual and are like, yeah, we want to destroy the world too. So we're going to try to convince people to become warlocks. I just thought of that a while ago. I was like, that'd be a really cool way to have a player that doesn't want an involved patron. And then you can be like, surprise, they're involved. Or Roll all, initiative. Or all you have to do is get another planet. And just always have an equal balance of warlocks, so he always gets equally pulled between. Oh, there you go. He gets stuck between them. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how you solve that in a in a Starfinder game. Um, I also thought of a fathomless NPC where it was a crew that were all fathomless patrons. And I think I talked about it when we talked about the warlocks. Where... Oh, on the ship. So it's basically Davy Jones locker kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, exactly like that kind of thing. Oh. And you could have, yeah, you. I never thought of that. You could have the captain be the patron. So the captain is the, like, ancient, some kind of ancient sea being that captains this ship, and he goes out and pirates and raids and offers people a choice between death or joining his crew and just rip off Davy Jones from those movies, and there you go. Yeah. You got a pretty cool patron. Definitely. And then you, if your your party member could be on the run, like, I don't want to do this anymore, they still have their powers, but they they let they abandoned ship. They ran off, and now this guy's looking for them. He's like, "No, you're mine. I'm gonna come get you." Because yeah, not all warlock or not all patrons have to be like, "Oh, you're not listening to me. I'm taking your powers." That's something that I've heard about. I think it was on WebDM. They talked about a relationship with the warlock and the patron, where the warlock may not realize it, but they have their powers, and they the patron can't take them away. Like, once they've been given, they're given, and that's the end of it. Okay. So, the warlock, the now you have the issue where the patron is trying to convince their warlock that they still need them, even though they don't. Like it, I like it. And that could be something where the patron, or it could, you could also just rip off Liliana from Magic the Gathering, where it's like, yeah, either I break my contract and lose my powers, or I kill my patron and keep my powers. <laughs> yeah, and that that's something else that I think should be a little bit more often used is a cabal of patrons. Yeah, that's that's something I really like is why not Hi Tyler, have multiple patrons for your warlock. <laughs> yeah, it's I can see that with like an archfey patron. Oh yeah. Where it's you, my patron isn't this archfey, my patron is the summer court. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Cuz then you're basically their lackey. Yeah, and then also you have the opportunity of, of oh, I don't know what to what adventure to send my players on next week. What if the summer court wants to play a prank on the winter court, and so they summon their warlock and all of their little friends, tag along and go on an adventure in the Feywild for a few sessions. You know, I thinking about that. It's just <clears> like <throat> that's basically what Tim's campaign was that uh, <laughs> Bill and I played. 
we were just warlocks, but we didn't have the warlock class. Mm-hmm. I've also heard of DMs on my DM group giving their entire party a level in warlock. Because, like, oh, you go into an ancient tomb, you awaken this ancient being, free it from its prison, and it thanks you by giving you more warlock powers. Everybody gain one level of warlock. Congratulations. And I, I'm kind of iffy on that, because it's just like, oh, wait, you just took away my ability to get my level 20, my, my level 20 ability. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's D&D, so you can just be like, okay, so you have the one level in warlock, and you can continue leveling that. But that first level doesn't count towards your 20. Yeah, you get like a free Warlock level, essentially. So you, you get the <clears> Warlock <throat> level, but your player level doesn't increase. Right. But then if you want to foster that Warlock power, you can. Yes. You can choose to do that. And some some DMs might scoff at that and be like, so my players could essentially get to 21st level. I don't think that would break... I think an extra level of Warlock somewhere in there wouldn't really break the game. No. All that much. No, because it's just like, oh no, you get access to Eldritch Blast. <laughs> and especially if you as the DM decide, this is what kind of patron it is. So you get, so you don't give them Hexblade. Yeah. <laughs> or the Genie, you give them something else. That could be something else. That could be an interesting way to give everybody a level of Warlock is they find a Genie Lamp. And the oh. Genie goes, you get one, you as a group get one wish. But I'll give you a second one if you do something for me. And then they all become genie patron warlocks and have to go on quests for this genie every now and then. Okay, yeah, I like that. That could be cool. I like that a lot. Now, the genie is kind of weird because in in the D&D lore, the different genie races, mm-hmm. they aren't really wish granters. The way I understand it is it's like specific powerful genies can grant wishes. Exactly. Like like salt like Ifrit Sultans can grant wishes. Like you're like if you go to the city of Brass, it's a city of Ifrit. Yes. Not every single civilian there can grant wishes. It's just like the king and maybe a few other nobles have that kind of power. Right. Um which is another interesting way to look at those kinds of patrons, like if you do an Infernal Pact patron, even an Archfey, when you're not looking at like Celestials and Old Gods and Hexblades, you're looking at creatures that there are multiple of. Then you get to into the, they have a name, they're a character. They're not just like the Old God, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They're a specific genie that has enough power to not only grant wishes, but then also make someone a warlock. Which probably is more powerful than one that can just grant wishes. Oh, definitely. But, and that gives you a, it gives you an anchor for world building. It also gives you an anchor for inner planner travel and reasons to do it. Which I'm, I'm super excited for our just like build it together homebrew because I, I want to play a monk in it, but like, mm-hmm. There's so much potential with Warlock and the patrons. You can set up so much because just just the Arch Fey. Well, now you have to define like okay, yeah, how do Warlock, the Fey interact with the world? Warlock is a fantastic class for your world building because, like we said in the Warlock episode, having a Warlock means there is an entity in your world that can make people Warlocks. Exactly. Uh, I like the idea too of Warlocks being kind of like if you're in like a high magic setting where there's a lot of magic users around. What if people just don't like warlocks because they view them as, like, cheaters? Right. Like, oh, you weren't born with this power. You didn't foster it through training like a cleric, a druid, or a wizard would. You just 
asked somebody for it. You asked your sugar daddy for it. (laughs) 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 Bye, Tyler. (laughs) Oh, geez. Yeah. Now, one of the interesting ones, and I think with the, the new Innistrad set coming up, I'm kind of more interested in these, are the Undying Patrons. So, that one's from uh, one of the other books I don't have, isn't it? Uh, from Sword Coast? I can't remember, but it's basically... Uh, so, like, it would be a lich or a vampire lord or something like okay. that. Uh, Some kind of ancient immortal being. Exactly. Uh, yeah, right here it says, In the realms, the undying patrons include uh, Larlock, the Shadow King, the legendary master of the Warlock's Crypt, and Gilgim, the God King of Uther, which I don't know any of those characters. Yeah, I'm not that up on the default lore. But it, it's just, like, having some sort of vampire lord be your patron. So, like, you're not a vampire yourself, or maybe you might be, like, partially transformed, because they have all that uh, vampire, or vampire lineage. Mm-hmm. So... What that has to do is that puts, like, okay, so here's this entire class of monsters that now you have, like, a social structure that you have to worry about, and it's just a good jumping-off point to start building stuff, because I'm going to gush about Midnight Hunt here for a second with Innistrad. I am so excited for that set. It's a cool-looking set, except for that one forgotten Archangel Legendary. I hate that. (laughs) I hate that so much, but I run graveyard decks, so yeah. I, of course but, I hate it. Like, j- just the theming of it where it's just like, hey, we're trying to fix the day-night cycle, and we couldn't figure out how to do it on our own as humans, but we went back to this old hedge witch magic, uh, which, hey, there's another thing that could be a patron right there, because the hedge witches have to get their magic from somewhere. Um, I've, I like the idea of your patron being a coven of hags. Yeah. But uh, then, like, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to do this ritual at this structure called the Celestium, Mm -hmm. uh, which is supposed to have some sort of time control thing. The problem is it's in the middle of Kessig. Oh, that's where all the werewolves are. Yeah. (laughs) And there's a new breed of werewolves that have been spawning because Emrakul screwed up the moon. Right. I I was wondering why they had werewolves again when in Avacyn Restored they were the wolfier. All the worlds got turned into the wolf here? Well, it's it's because when the Eldrazi started to show up, Avacyn's power that caused them to, you know, no longer have to transform. So only the werewolves that were in their wolf form at the time transformed into the wolf here. Oh, became wolf here? Okay. But when Avacyn's power faded, uh, which, hey, there's a celestial right there, Avacyn. Mm. Uh, but when that power faded... Not only were the people who weren't transformed started to transform again, their curse was no longer kind of cured at mm-hmm. the time, but the Wilfear started transforming back too. Okay. So that didn't help. And then now they're getting more powerful, and now there's dire werewolves. Dope. Which are starting to be not only larger and more powerful, but they're starting to re- maintain some of their humanity after they transform. Okay. So, so they can be. So a charismatic leader werewolf. Yeah, that can still use human weapons. Dope. I like it. Yeah. It it, it it looks like a cool set. And again The Graveyard Hate just 
hurts yeah. my soul. Yeah, it does, but there, <laughs> there's a lot of graveyard stuff going on in it. It kind of needs it to balance out the set. Yeah. And have not everyone just playing Wet Dream. So anyway, back to D&D, Back though. to D&D, though. Uh, <laughs> Indistrad Sourcebook when? Yeah, come on now. Warlock... I mean, like, they even said that the new, like, class that does the coven, they're warlocks. Mm-hmm. They are all warlock humans. So it's just like, come on. I mean, and here's the thing. This. Like, Strixhaven is cool, but... Come on, man. You you just launched it. Give us Innistrad. You've had two blocks there. It's been a decade. Yeah. Since Holy Innistrad crap. was first introduced You're to us. old. Yeah. <laughs> 2011, baby. Gosh. I remember drafting or doing... We did a sealed of Avacyn Restored it in the basement at Hope College. No, we did a we did a draft with Avacyn or with a... I think we were supposed to get a Dark Ascension and two Innistrad packs. But I screwed it up, and I got a Dark Ascension, an Innistrad, and a Scourge pack. Oh, yeah, I remember when you did that. We did it at Rita's. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> it, it was really weird. Scour- Scourge does not mix with Innistrad very well. No, it didn't. Anyway, um, but, like, it's just the world for Warlocks, because you have Celestials and the Arch, uh, and the Arch uh, Angels. You have... Uh, the undying and the undead your warlock patron you could be a like a zombie or something like that and your warlock patron could be like gissa or something yeah you're like the, the the one that raised you the ghoul caller that, yeah that raised you they have the you could easily do a fathomless there too oh definitely because it's definitely not as big as like the zombies and the werewolves and the angels but there's still a lot of cards that reference like the weird terrifying oceans of innistrad yeah and not only that but you could also do a Fathomless and have it reference the Eldrazi. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Eldrazi would be a great patron for the Fathomless. It could be a great source for also a, um, uh, what's the the sorcerer? The the Tainted. Yes. Yeah, I know I'm talking about. Talking. I can't remember the name, but I know which one you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Just so I would have references. I hear my pages turn as I open this up. Aberrant Mind. Aberrant Mind Sorcerer is like, if you're doing a MTG D&D campaign, Aberrant Mind Sorcerer is Eldrazi. It's so easy. I'm sorry. Uh, Gavin just sent a photo of him playing video games, and he's got his, like, finger all curled up on his controller, like... And apparently it's double pending. Oh, well, his brother's right. Yeah, yeah, that's what Tim said. Anyway, back to... We're getting really distracted today, but sure, there's a new magic set coming out, and we've been playing that more often in the last few months than we have in the past. So I mean, granted, it's not all that often, but still, it, it's picking <laughs> up, and I, I I miss I miss magic. It's a little overloaded right now, but I miss it, <laughs> and I am so ready. Like as soon as there is an Innistrad source book, now we can get know, back to your campaign. Yeah, we can get back to my D and D campaign because y'all woke up on Innistrad. Yeah, because you were you were anticipating an Innistrad source book. There should have been one. <laughs> so you sent us there, and it just hasn't come yet. I'm excited to continue playing my illiterate druid for that campaign. He yeah, was a and, fun character. And the the other thing is now that we have new players in the group, they can pick up instead of being a Ravnica person. They could be Theros or Strixhaven or. Or they could be originated from Innistrad. Or Innistrad. I think there's... Isn't there a source book for um, Zendikar, too? I don't believe so. The only, the only ones... There might have been, like, a, a supplement 
And why are my notifications still going off? There was something. There was a supplement about... Here, that's the wrong button. I don't know how to work my phone, guys. But there was a supplement about Zendikar, and I think there was actually a little supplement about Innistrad, but like not like a whole source book, like strictly. Yeah, it's, it's a there's a, a plane shift Zendikar that uh is only thirty eight pages long, so it's just little. Yeah, because there there was one for uh, there is one for Innistrad, but it's one of those little short ones. Right, so it just has, like, a little bit. It doesn't have, like, new races or mm -hmm. any type of, like, hey, this is a really interesting thing for... An Instrad source book would be great for a vampire and werewolf player characters. Yeah, and... it, it just has, like, I think a couple backgrounds and talks about the Church of Avacyn and... Oh, it does kind of have a... Uh... Yeah, it has it has some backgrounds, like this Inquisitor for... Uh, the the Church of Innistrad, right here, but we've been off oh, Warlocks for a while. <laughs> yeah, but like again, it's such a good a plane where warlocks it'd be such a great Warlock world. Like you could have so much with Warlocks on Innistrad. There's so much there. If we did, in, if we did just like a, an only Innistrad, not Planeswalker campaign, I would definitely be like a multi-class artificer wizard and be a Stitcher. <laughs> oh, oh, bitch, that would be awesome. I'm a necromancer with a gun, bitch. <laughs> That'd be my character. But yeah, let, let, let's get back to some let's, patrons. Let's talk. let's deal, dial it back to the warlocks here after a giant MTG tangent. Yeah. So, but, the one. Warlock patron that screws me up is the Hexblade. The Hexblade is so because weird. They, they wrote it so narrowly. It's yeah. It's I, like it has to be the Raven Queen. I remember I heard what? I heard someone talking about they they had a Hexblade in their campaign that wasn't a Raven Queen one. It was um just a magic weapon was their patron. Their weapon was their patron, and what it was was they were a dwarf, and they started getting like having dreams about this tunnel in the mountain and they heard, they could hear this voice when they were out mining and it kind of drove them to start digging a different way. And eventually they found this old chamber where this person had been buried and their soul was trapped in this ax. And then they became a Hexblade warlock because they picked it up. And that's how I would do that. If somebody was like, I really don't want to have that. The thing is, is I want a, I want a shadow fell warlock because we have, the Feywild Warlock with the Archfey. Right. But the Hexblade just doesn't do it for me, even though it is technically the Shadowfell Warlock, because that's where the Raven Queen lives, is in the Shadowfell. Yeah, but it's, but not, like, it's, I really, not, it's not themed to the Shadowfell. Right, I want, an, I want negative weapon. energy, necrotic damage, um, life drain. I would love a Warlock that can, like, like a Shadow Sorcerer, but a Warlock. And I think that would be really cool. It'd be like oh, a life draining man. warlock that would, yeah. yeah whenever you deal damage with your eldritch blast, you heal for that much. That would be so freaking. <laughs> or half that, that much. And, but, have to turn around. Your eldritch blast has to be touch. Sure. Reduce your range. Reduced range, but you so can that heal way you have it. to be within range to take damage. Right. It just, I really, it, I really want a more of a shadow fell warlock without it being a hexblade. Yeah, because, I mean, me. 
this is literally the only one that says, yeah, uh, your patron's the Raven Queen. Like, it's just, that's who it is. And and maybe I'm missing something because I'm not as, like, read up on the lore as I could be. But, like, why does the Raven Queen have all these weapons out in the world that make warlocks when they pick them up? Or why does the Raven Queen specifically give her patrons magic weapons? I mean, you don't have to take Pact of the Blade if you're playing a Hexblade Warlock. But why wouldn't you? Like, they go together so well. <laughs> They're kind of, it's kind of designed to be that way. I mean, I, Tim's, Tim had a Hexblade in Out of the Abyss that wasn't tied to the Raven Queen. It was tied right, to his deity. But, but he had to, like, make a bunch of stuff up and... And I was like, fine with me- it. Mechanically, it worked, but it, it was just... They just, they don't... With every other warlock, they kind of hand you the tools to make your patron what you will. Yeah, and th- this one is just like, hey, here's your patron. And it's just like, oh, well, I don't want that, but I want these mechanics. Crap. Right. And they could, I mean, some of the, some of them they list off, like, individuals. Like, with the uh, well, just like great old one. With the great old one, they're like, here's some examples of some great old ones. Yeah, so... But like, you don't have to take them. You could make one up. You could just be like, I don't know who... The Great Old Ones are great for not knowing who your patron is. Yeah, uh, but like, That Which Lurks, uh, Great Cthulhu, uh, The Chained God. <laughs> yeah, the, the Seeping Madness is my patron. Yep. Uh, some of these I can't even freaking pronounce without looking at them a few times. <laughs> That's not the whole point. Arisden? Arisden the... Uh, that just makes me think of that one uh, zombie assassin Wanadar? from Magic, Thraxamundar. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of ridiculous names, there's uh, that one card that was in Modern Horizons 2 that has... Oh, that's the super long name? Yeah. Asthma something or other. Mm-hmm. The Cook? Kaludakar, yeah. Who is like this really super deep literary reference. And, like, two years ago, apparently Ethan Fleischer was just like, yeah, we'll never be able to put her on a card because we can't fit it in the text box, knowing that card was in the file for Modern Horizons <laughs> 2. That's what they get when they plan so far ahead. They can make jokes like that. Yep. I remember, wasn't it, like, Mark Rosewater for years on Tumblr knew that an unset was coming and couldn't oh, talk about it? Yeah, new, new, new uh, unsanctioned, or not unsanctioned, uh, unstable was on the way. But it was just like, yeah, we're trying, we're trying. And now, like, it's been two years and we're getting Unfinity. Yeah, it's good stuff. Which, I don't know if I'm more excited for that or Kamigawa. I'm super excited for freaking Cyberpunk Daft Punk Kamigawa. (laughs) But when you write out the title of this episode, you're going to have to put uh, Warlocks, but mostly Magic the Gathering. (laughs) 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 Our patron is Mark Rosewater. What was the joke we made the other day about the crowdsourced or the Patreon was your patron as a warlock? Oh, <laughs> you have to live stream. Like, guys, I'm all out of spell slots. Can you uh can you donate to my GoFundMe so I can That's right. That that horrible <laughs> thing, which I've gotta write it up at some point. I still have to finish my Draco Knight class. Which is kind of a warlock. Yeah, I could see that too. Like, because why? Why isn't there a dragon patron? That th- there should be one, but the, the the whole idea of the Draco Knight thing is like you either killed or a dragon sacrificed their soul and you absorbed it. Oh, like in Dragonheart with Sean Connery. 
Kind of. But <laughs> the, the soul actually still has, like, some control, and it starts to change you. So, like, I think I have it at, like, level 7. You start to sprout wings that you can use to glide around. So it's Dragonheart. Which I'm not yeah. I mean, the, the prince didn't get wings in that movie, but, like, he was all volatile and fiery because he had part of a dragon's heart in him. Yeah, or... Like with this one, if you had a black dragon, well, now you can uh, befoul their mind or another person's mind and like force them to do crimes. That'd be and, interesting. And anything evil, it says that you can uh, have them do anything criminal, so stealing something like that. You can have them murder, or you can even have them kill themselves. Hmm. That's crazy. So because like, that's interesting too, because usually mind control spells are you can't make them harm themselves or do something that would harm them willingly with but, those kinds of spells and that's why i did that because it's just like yeah you're you're completely fouling their energy i also that, like the idea of a dragon related subclass that isn't oh you get resistance to this damage because <laughs> every yeah, single I mean, other thing has that this does grant <laughs> resistances and you do get access to your breath weapons that's but, good because drag has uh dragonborn's breath weapon sucks. Yeah, I think this one. I think I just did straight up the dragonborn breath weapon. Yeah. So it's like. So if you were a dragonborn, you could use it more. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So well, I think you do get more uses, and uh, it's gonna be a spellcaster, but it's uh constitution based. Okay. So instead of using your charisma, your wisdom, or intelligence, it's all based on your constitution. And it's only going to get up to level five spells, mostly because sure. I mostly because I have to construct a spell list for it, and I'm just like, I'm not about to do nine levels of freaking spells for this thing. <laughs> the fact that Warlock has nine levels of spells is kind of a joke, to be honest. I mean, it doesn't really because it only gets like actually fifth level spell slots. Every yeah, it has for like, it, it has, has like seventh through ninth grenades, basically six through ninth. Six through ninth. But yeah, you get you get a one time per short rest use of a of each of those levels of spells. Yeah. So, yeah. and that one too. You and Warlock too is interesting because you don't get to change your spells. It's like a bard, where when you level up, you learn new spells, and those are the spells you know. Yeah. The other thing is with the the Draco type that I'm working on, you only learn eight spells. Hmm. It's supposed to be more focused on you actually like attacking and getting in there, but like you do have some magic because what kind of dragon doesn't have magic? Right, that's something that I've noticed that fifth edition like references, but doesn't have as like specific mechanics. So I know in, in older editions it was like, yeah, ancient dragons of this type know these spells and can cast them as this level spellcaster. Whereas in fifth edition, they just they have a lot of magic power, but they don't just cast spells. Yeah, so which I mean they're already pretty powerful. Like yeah. giving them like misty step would be a little busted, <laughs> but. I mean, I I could see them using that like, like the the, the metallic dragons using it in their human form, like actually using normal spells. Sure. But I'm, like, I'm on board. Yeah. But yeah, but, like, come on, dragon patron. They they've got the dragon book coming out, and there's no dragon UA for warlock. Maybe they're gonna surprise us with it. Maybe, but they, they everything that's come out in the most recent source books, even Ta Tasha's, was just basically. Hey, here's all the UA stuff. Well, Xanathar's was like that, too. Yeah. Which, Xanathar's came out before I started playing, but I think it did. Or maybe it came out right as we started playing 5th edition. I think it's right as we started picking up. Okay. So I know it was it was fairly new when we really started playing regularly, but... Yeah. It's not like it's old. But yeah. 
that's how it was. I remember wa- I'm, I've been watching like old episodes of WebDM and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, this thing in the UA," and I'm like, "Well, that's in Xanathar's." Yeah. <laughs> I remember them saying, "Oh, I hope that they put the uh, Zealot Barbarian in the next in the next book. in the next book." And I was like, "Well, guess what, buddy? <laughs> You're in luck. <laughs> it is old. Old you's gonna be very happy." Um, I think before we wrap up, just one thing I want to I think I want to briefly touch on is when you decide to make the warlocks patron put your party on an adventure you got to remember that the other players need those kinds of opportunities too yeah it's definitely like uh, all the classes that have a well every class if you look especially at xanathars and they help expand on the classes they give you like connections like a fighter will have somebody who trained them but it's too easy it's so easy for players to go yeah the guy that that trained me died I did that with my fighter, yeah. In Icewind Dale, my yep. the guy that trained me passed away, and so now I'm on my own. But like so many characters, and the thing is, I I remember reading somewhere that the reason players want all their family and friends who have died is so that the DM can't threaten them. <laughs> like the reason I have no roots is so that you can't threaten to cut my roots, which fair. But like, but like at the same time, coward. Yeah, exactly. Give your DM something to threaten. Like I remember. I don't remember if it was when I'm we start re- saying you look like Chicken Little if you do that. <laughs> I don't remember if it was when we revisited uh, Monk or when I talked about it alone back when I was first starting the podcast. But having an emergency at the monastery where your monk trained, that would be a great I- way to have a couple quests come up. Like you run into somebody that your monk knows from when they were training, and like you need to come back to the monastery because Master So and So passed away. And now there's a big fight over who's going to take over and or or a rival monastery is trying to wipe us out. So we, we need help. Like the, the warlock is a great example of you need to have a connection to the world that the DM can use. And yeah, that's, it can be scary because when you get really invested in your character and your backstory and now the DM's going to go, well, guess what? I'm going to put him in a refrigerator so that you become a superhero. Then <laughs> it's it's not as much it, it it can be intimidating but like it's worth it i think it's definitely worth it oh yeah to to give your character those vulnerabilities also i'm just i'm just so over like the gruff i'm a lone wolf i don't need nobody my only connections are the party and my dog like well you have a dog so i'm gonna come after that john yeah. wick <laughs> yeah well i mean right now my ranger is kind of like the only connections i have are the party and my badger but we just started out. He he's not like a a, a lone wolf kind of guy. He's kind of like a well, he's a lone fox. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, but no, he he's just more of a like yeah, I've done stuff on my own, so I'm self sufficient. But like, hey, uh, here's an idiot from another planet trying to steal everything and not making wise decisions with his marks. It's like, dude, I like that you smarter about. I like that. that you've made a character who can mentor Gavin's character through. Gavin being a less ex- a less experienced player and also being fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> like I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I probably would role played the same way when I was his age. Like, oh yeah, it's definitely. an age thing. It, but you you have an opportunity to be as chaotic as you want with as little actual consequences as possible. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. the The only real actual con consequence is the entire rest of the table rubbing their temples. Like, oh my god, here we go. <laughs> But it's fun. I think we uh, roll with it really well. Oh, we do. 
Because so. some, sometimes we just let it happen and it's just like, okay, here comes the roller coaster. And other times it's just like... We're putting you on a baby leash. <laughs> literally, we did that one. What can we do that to? Did we do that we, to Boom Boom or to the or to the Rogue? We, we did that to his Rogue. Okay. Uh, uh, was that two nights ago that we did that? Or was it uh, the first session? Two, two, it was the first session. Okay. I don't know. We play Ice Dale so infrequently. But. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew, for having a life. Yeah, why did you have to marry someone with a big family and be and to be in the army? God. Just play D and D. Isn't the National Guard not army? Well, the National Guard is the army. Yeah, true. they're not their own branch. But he's almost done. I think he's only got a year or two left, and he's not going to re-enlist. But, anyways, enough about my brother's personal life. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so warlocks, a lot of fun. Patrons, patrons are so great. much potential. Great. Sit down with your when you when. When you're doing a homebrew campaign where you where you as the DM don't have like a whole, you know, thirty session plan for the adventure, and you want to do it more of all right, we'll do this adventure that'll take us three or four sessions, and we'll be on to the next thing. Which that's what I want to do with our homebrew campaign is right. I want to do like the world building for the stuff that pertains to your characters, and then just get started. Have most of the world be kind of blank so it can develop and grow as we play. And then you guys will be able to inform that decisions of like, oh, hey, can I roll to see if I know somebody from this place? And then, yeah, and then we can build that place off of those roles and how your characters want to interact with it. And Warlock, having a Warlock in the party would be great for that because that gives me as the DM like, oh, hey, I can have the Feywild because we have an Archfey and I can do this with them. Instant hooks. Mm -hmm. Hooks for days. That might, it might be the strongest hook. Like, I mean, the clerics with their gods is a pretty strong hook but, but we all know the gods usually aren't that present in worlds like it, it takes a very specific world like theros mm-hmm. or amonkhet mm-hmm. because again magic right where, where the gods are actually among the people and very active right but, I, I would say the gods and those especially in like theros act more like a warlock patron than a, a god for a for a, oh, for a cleric i mean Heck, all of the the gods have their their demigods that they like elevate from the mortal plane. Yeah, there's a whole section in the Theros book about uh your god like you were born under this sign of this god and they have their fate laid out for you and Oh, that's the other book that's actually out. Theros. Yeah, Theros. Theros Ravnica. I could only, only think of Strixhaven and Ravnica. Is Strixhaven out yet? Not yet. It's coming soon. Okay. It's like Strixhaven then the dragon book is after that. Yep. Oh no! Before Strix Hiding is uh, the the carnival, the yeah, Fey adventure. Fey yep. But yeah, I, I, Warlock patrons probably have one of the strongest hooks for your adventuring world that's out there because you have somebody that you are contracted, you are contractually obligated to interact with. <laughs> you have to talk to them. Yeah. The the wild beyond the witch light is. Uh, I kind of want to play that. September twenty first. Uh, Fizzbane's Treasury of Dragons is the 19th of what? Of October. Okay. And Strixhaven's in November. Yeah, so they're doing a book every month? Pretty much. Wow. I used to never realize how many people must be working on D&D. Because if oh. they're going to do a book every month, they've probably got a pretty sizable yeah, crew. I actually just watched a, a video on how, like, clearly Wizards is getting exploited like hell because all of their products are, like, doubling their profits from last year wow. and it's like well yeah but they're also like flooding the market with product 
Yeah. And just seeing what sticks, because there are 24 major Magic releases this year. Jeez. And How's they got all those? Are you including all... Is that including the... Uh, that's including the secret the layers. The secret layers. That's including like stuff like Jumpstart and the exclusive stuff to Arena. Mm. But like back in 2013, there were nine. Yeah, it'd be like three blocks... You got your three blocks, your core set. Uh, it wouldn't even be three blocks. It was a block for the whole year. Oh, yeah. Your, your, your three main premiere sets. Yeah. Uh, the core set. Usually, then eventually they start doing a commander product every year. Yeah, you know, there was one commander product. And then one like other. A dual deck. And then they do like a plane like, plane chase or a secret layer or, or not a secret layer. Secret layer. Um, uh, plane chase that year. Was Arch Enemy. Matters. That's what I'm thinking of. Arch Enemy is something they might they might release. Yeah, it was the it was their innovation slot. Yeah, that was that was the Modern Masters. But this year, there were more new cards printed, or there were more reprints printed this year than there were cards total printed in twenty nineteen or Jeez. in twenty twelve. That's crazy. I mean, Wizards is doing well. Yeah, but like. As a player, this is starting to get to be a little bit of an overload, even for the D and D stuff. A new book right, every yeah, month. Is that's just crazy. Like, I don't have that kind of money. I don't have that kind of time. You got to pick and choose what you want to get, which I do want the dragon's book. Yeah, and as much as I want Wild Beyond the Witchlight, I want to run a bit of our homebrew campaign, and I really, I really want to run freaking uh, Ghost of Salt Marsh. <laughs> like I was, I was kind of leafing through it, and I'm like, oh my god, I really want to run this. Yeah, that, that's why I've been hesitant to buy adventure books because it's just like, man, I kind of want to run it, but I suck at DMing. <laughs> I don't like doing prep. Yeah, that's the big. That's the thing that keeps you from being a DM is how excited are you for prep? Me, I love prep. Like I, I always look like when I'm in like a prep stage. Like you were so excited when they announced that prep was going to be free on all insurances in the United States. I mean, I don't need it <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, you know, in a monogamous relationship. Hey, so. It can still be useful. It can. You never know when something's gonna happen, or like, say, Sam goes to the hospital. She needs to get blood, and like, whoops, I didn't screen it right. There was HIV. Right, it could happen. Um, what am I thinking? You totally derailed me. Oh, I love prepping. Yeah. Like when I'm when I'm like <laughs> when it's like a prep week, but when we're gonna start a new campaign or something, I'm like just all day at work. I'm like, can't wait to go home and sit down with my books and my graph paper and my notebooks and. Just go and go to fucking put town those on it. Treasures and traps on that graph paper map. Love it. With all your three inch solid pewter figures. I've been rolling up treasure, like at the time though. I don't, I don't always prepare treasure yeah. ahead of time. I, I I did read something. I can't remember who. I think it might have actually been Matt Mercer on Twitter today. You can blame him for Wizards doing so well. Like he's definitely part of that problem. Yeah. <laughs> him between, between his what is the, his the McElroys. Yeah. What's his game called? I don't remember what they call. Critical, between Critical Role and the Adventure Zone, and there's another one, I think. I mean, like, there, there's all sorts of stuff out there right now. There's but... so many celebrities playing D&D. That... But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, but what he said is just like, hey, you know what the best part about being a DM is? All those characters you rolled up, you can play them all at once. Yeah, right? As NPCs. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I... Right. <laughs> I guess. It's like that one comic. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Hands up in the air. <laughs> but okay, let's let's wrap it up on So in summary, uh patrons are really great world hooks. Mm-hmm. There should be a dragon patron. Mm-hmm. MTG is cool. 
Yeah, in a Strad Sourcebook win. Yeah, like seriously, Wizards, get on it. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're making twelve. You're making a book every month. You might as well make an Innistrad source book. I mean, yeah, on. I mean, it doesn't even have to have all that much. New and content. Ravenloft like, doesn't count. Yeah, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft is not an Innistrad supplement. It, it is 100 percent not. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it for the episode. That's it for this episode of Warlocks and Tangents. Yeah. I mean, that's gonna be my patron is random t- my next patron is adhd that's my patron <laughs> yes. i get warlock powers from being adhd <laughs> i mean you, you kind of do yeah you go well as always once per short rest i can activate hyper focus <laughs> well, keep on delving yeah keep on delving everybody <laughs>